Deep inside every one of us is a lion waiting to be unleashed. Are you ready to be unleashed into your destiny? As we stand on the edge of time, the web of deception is being unraveled. Carl Joseph offers you the red pill and the keys to unlock the shackles of your mind. Get ready to be transformed by God's supernatural power. Let's join him now. Today, I'm going to talk to you about the homosexual lifestyle. Now, to be clear, I'm not going to tell you what the pastor thinks about the topic, no, but what God's Word says about it, and there's a big difference. This isn't gay bashing, my friend, but merely the declaration of truth in what is seemingly a society that's experiencing a rapid decay in its moral fabric. There are some truths I don't particularly like talking about, but when it comes to telling the truth about any topic in God's Word, my fear of God is stronger than the fear of man. If America was on the operating table right now, some would contend its pulses weak, the heart palpitating, the eyes dilated, and with every symptom pointing towards imminent death. The moral fabric of this nation is eroding so swiftly, it's hard to keep up with the latest depth of depravity or rebellious ruckus in the corporate-sponsored and government-censored news media. Morality, my friend, is the foundation of any nation. It's the compass that steers us toward either godliness or lawlessness. Governments come and go, but God remains. The U.S. government may declare new boundaries of marriage in the Supreme Court ruling of Obergefell and Hodges on June 26, 2015, but holy matrimony is decreed by God, not government. Therefore, government has no right to amend what it did not instigate. I will say it again. Government has no right to amend what it didn't instigate. And because it didn't ratify marriage in the first place, it has no right to amend the definition of it. Only God does, and he isn't changing any time soon. President Obama might have placed the final nail in the lid of the coffin that seals the cadaver of the United States when he sanctioned marriage outside the boundaries of God's ordinance by declaring same-sex marriage to be law-binding, but he still has time to repent. In doing so, Obama hereby claimed an abomination in the eyes of God to be lawful and put the United States in a very precarious situation. Since the introduction of Heather Has Two Mummies, a pro-homosexual curriculum for the first grade children used in public schools in the last century, a strategic path has been paved for this most recent and immoral legislature. Since the mid-19th century, Western civilization has seemingly winked at homosexuality. But to sanction the union of same-sex marriages, preach about gender as choice, and teach children how to become sexually active at a premature age is both unprecedented and a bold step into a realm where only God's judgment can be invoked if we continue down this road. A warning from God is given in the following text for those who change his laws to suit their own means. Isaiah 5.20 Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Not only is the homosexual agenda in full swing, but other perversions are now quickly gaining momentum and are being government sanctioned. Unfortunately, there is a lie sown in our pulpits today, expounded by pastors who've been brainwashed in seminary schools, that total submission to civil government and compliance with all its mandates is simply another demonstration of godliness, using Romans chapter 13 as a source text. Nothing could be further from the truth, my friend. In their hearts, perhaps they truly 
truly believe the revolutionaries of 1776 were disobedient to the crown of England and were not justified in their rebellion according to the word of God, which advocates according to them total submission even to ruling dictators according to their interpretation. How far we have fallen from the tree of liberty, my friend. Our refusal to stand up for our godly right of free speech today plays directly into the hands of the Obama's administration that bludgeons the word of God and its statutes in its pursuit for greater control. These sexual perversions pushed by the LGBT movement are propagated not only by government, but by popular culture through social media, whose influence is seemingly inescapable. Now, one definition of homosexuality outlines the defining act of intercourse as the sin itself. A person who actually participates in physical sexual acts with someone of the same sex is engaged in homosexual practice. It is one thing to be tempted with the thoughts of the same sex, but it's another thing to act it out. For decades upon decades, Western society supported Christian stance and even general public's consensus on sexual immorality. But times, they are a-changing. This Western consensus remained strong until the 1960s in the media, churches, government, and education. But the recent polar shift in viewpoints has placed the evangelical Christian in a position of hostility, not only to some members of the public, but now the government itself. Ever since churches were labeled as 501c3 non-profit organizations in order to gain the benefit of tax-deductible contributions, they simultaneously compromised their means to preach the true gospel in fear of rescinding the benefits of that label. Some ministers, as a result, have compromised their message on homosexuality so as not to impact the weekly offering. Unfortunately, we are now reaping the harvest today of those ministers who lack the temerity to speak the truth. The systematic undermining of this nation's moral compass, which started by excluding prayer and Bible study in the 1960s from public schools, has reached a tidal wave in this past decade. The seeds sown in yesteryear have come to full manifestation, and one even speculates if the social acceptance of bestiality is the next step if the current trend is not swayed. It's estimated that approximately 9 million people in the United States are gay, which accounts for only 3.54% of the adult population, far fewer than 1 in 10 as the media often likes to purvey. This is equivalent to the population of New Jersey. Women are substantially more likely to identify themselves as bisexual than men, and there are also nearly 700,000 transgender individuals in the United States. So with only 0.23% of the population identified as transgender, one speculates if the recent governmental directive for public school transgender bathrooms is yet another agenda in line with the United Nations mandate to corrupt our society. Based on the statistics alone, there certainly isn't enough popular demand to warrant such a brazen governmental move, but it went ahead nonetheless. Eleven states sued the Obama administration over bathroom guidance for transgender students as the guidance had no basis in law and could cause seismic changes in operations of the nation's school districts. The lawsuits continue. As with all of God's laws, statutes, and regulations for living, they are primarily for our protection, not to hinder our fun. The following alarming statistics I will share from the Christian Apologetics and Research Ministry testify just how selfish and even dangerous the homosexual lifestyle is. 
Number one, 28% of homosexual men had more than 1,000 partners. 83% of the homosexual men surveyed estimated they had sex with more than 50 or more partners in their lifetime. 43% estimated they had sex with 500 or more partners. Number two, 79% of homosexual men say over half of sex partners are total strangers. Number three, the CDC found that while homosexual men make up only a very small percentage of the male population, they account for over three-quarters of all new HIV infections and nearly two-thirds of all new infections in 2010. Number four, among homosexual males in their current relationship, 4.5% reported sexual fidelity. Number five, U.S. News reports that if HIV infections among men who have sex with men continue to rise at the current rates, more than half of college-aged homosexual men will have HIV by the age of 50. Those who practice homosexuality, friend, choose to do so by operating in the flesh, much to God's disdain, because in his eyes it's an abominable act. Leviticus 18.22 makes it clear, Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind, it is an abomination. It further expounds upon this behavior later on in the book of Leviticus. In Leviticus 20.13, If a man also lie with mankind as he lies with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be be put to death, their blood shall be upon them. Just for the record, we do not believe in the death penalty for homosexuality today because obviously we live in the dispensation of grace, but it is well known that Islam is openly hostile and physically aggressive toward homosexuals. Now, an abomination by definition is this, worthy of disgust or hatred, detestable, disagreeable, or unpleasant. Cross-dressing is in fact mentioned in the Bible also and pertains to modern-day transgender lifestyles, which is also classified as abominable in the eyes of the Lord, Deuteronomy 22.5. The Bible is clear. The reason Israel displaced the nations who lived in Canaan was because of the wickedness of these nations, Deuteronomy 9 verses 4 through 5. These nations were defiled by their abominations, Leviticus 18.24, committing acts so perverse that the land vomits out its inhabitants, Leviticus 18, verses 25 through 28. Nations in the present day who advance and advocate these clearly defined abominations fall susceptible to the same wrath and judgment of God, for he is not changed. The world's way of thinking not only rejects the reality of God today, but also rejects the reality of his judgments. Part of the cleansing required by God via King Asa, one of the longest reigning kings in the southern kingdom of Israel, was to rid the land of sodomites, unquote, as he reigned from Jerusalem. There is an inference here that homosexuality is the direct result of idol worship and that idol is the physical body in part. Other scholars contend today that Christ himself condoned homosexual behavior when he said in Matthew 19, verses 10 through 12, some were born eunuchs. A eunuch is not a homosexual, merely a man who has no desire or capacity for marriage, incapable of marriage or incapable of sexual activity, but certainly not homosexual, which is already established as abominable in the sight of God. Eunuchs were often castrated voluntarily or involuntarily when they joined the king's court, and therefore in essence impotent by definition, but not perverse. A eunuch clearly doesn't include the sanction of same-sex relations, but a restrictive measure toward one's sexuality is either a choice or forced upon them. 
Indeed, elsewhere in the New Testament, the Bible speaks explicitly against homosexuality in the following passages. Romans 1, 26 through 27, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 10, and 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 9 through 10. Three important trends demonstrate the moral decay of any society. They are a rise in immorality, the decay of religious beliefs, and the devaluing of human life. In the classic study of Roman civilization, the decline and fall of the Roman Empire, historian Edward Gibbon observed that, quote, The leaders of the empire gave in to the vices of strangers, morals collapsed, laws became oppressive, and the abuse of power made the nation vulnerable to the barbaric hordes, unquote. Friend, I have been with witness to a man who has been prayed for in Houston and was delivered of the homosexual lifestyle and he never returned to it. I have met several gays down the years and none of them are happy or content with their lifestyle even if the media tells you that they are. Some scholars have posited that the two main reasons for someone becoming a homosexual is the lack of a father figure in the home in their formative years, so they end up craving the father's love through the wrong channels or they were perhaps somehow uh, interfered with by an adult male when they were younger and that is horrible that is just awful and I'm very sad for that if this is true we need to have compassion on these people pray for them warn them of the dangerous lifestyle that they are in even share the statistics friend you don't die and go to hell because you're gay but for rejecting the son of God I want to make that very clear Homosexuality is another work of the flesh, and by operating in this lifestyle, you open yourself up to spiritual attack and physical consequences, which in some cases can be devastating. I also know of homosexuals that have received Jesus. They're in an ongoing battle to come out of the lifestyle. We pray for them also. I will leave you with these words that Jesus said, Let he who is without sin cast the first stone. You've been listening to Carl Joseph and the Lions Unchained podcast. Carl is a minister who's witnessed God's supernatural power to save, heal, and deliver. Carl is a unique researcher who investigates current affairs, societal trends, technology, cults, and end-time events, all through a biblical lens. Every Monday, new podcasts are uploaded, so stay tuned for the next opportunity to roar into victory. Check out carljosephministries.com for exciting articles, teachings, and discussion points. See you next week. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button 